What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hey, church family, this is Ben Curtis, one of the pastors here at New Vision. If we've never met, I serve in the role of campus pastor at our Buchanan location. So thanks for joining us today. We're going to continue our journey through the Gospel of John, and I'll be reading from John chapter 12, verses 1 through 11 from the NIV. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it onto Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected, Why hasn't this perfume been sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came, not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priest made plans to kill Lazarus as well, for on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him. Most people look at things with their heart. Jesus taught this very principle in the Sermon on the Mount when he said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So in today's passage, I want us to kind of look at how two different people, Mary and Judas, they looked at Jesus, they both looked at Jesus, and yet they saw something different and they responded different. Again, our heart is often that determining factor in what we see and how we respond to God. To give you a little bit of context, though, we're in the final days of Jesus' life, and the events in chapter 12, verses 1 through 11, they're taking place before the Passover. They're in the little village of Bethany, about two miles outside of Jerusalem, and there's a celebration happening in Jesus' honor. Now, picture thin mats around a low table, and all of the party, they're leaning on their arms, usually the left, their feet are pointing outward from the table. You can imagine in a culture where people seldom get to bathe, the last thing you would want is everyone's feet up under the food, right? And so they're kind of fanning outward, and Jesus is with them, and Lazarus is there, and Martha's there, and Mary's there. But then it tells us this detail that Mary begins to do something that would really shock everyone there. She takes this very expensive ointment, and she begins to anoint the feet of Jesus with her hair. The house is filled with this fragrance and John actually describes this event in chapter 11 before he writes about it here in these verses. But this story, I mean, it's just such a well-known story and so widespread in the early church that really all they have to say is, hey, this was the Mary who anointed Jesus. And everyone immediately knew who they were talking about. So in our story, Mary takes this very costly ointment. Notice how she responds to Jesus. She has this alabaster jar. We learn in verse 5 it would have been worth 300 denarii, the equivalent of a year's wages. So either we know this, either she came from a wealthy family or this is a family heirloom 
that she's been kind of holding on to for a while. And could you just imagine a year's wages? Can you imagine spending that on a bottle of perfume and then taking that perfume and pouring it on someone's feet? Matthew and Mark tell us this same story, but they add the detail that she also poured it on his head. And they're focusing more on the theme of Jesus being this anointed king. But here John is focusing more on Mary. He wants us to see that by anointing his feet, uh, she's showing her, her unworthiness. This is what true worship and humility before him looks like. And then, so it tells us as the story continues that she takes her hair, she, she probably takes her hair down, and which a woman very seldom did in public in, in that culture, and she begins to use her hair to wipe this ointment onto his feet. So imagine again the whole room being filled with the fragrance of this perfume and people are just kind of shocked by what they see taking place. They're stunned into silence. We know what at least one of them was thinking, but I think we have here some lessons about worship. You know, when you look at Mary and how she responded to Jesus, she was just she was giving it all. She was she was just at his feet worshiping and there's some characteristics that i see here of of what true worship looks like first of all let me say this it was planned because you don't take a a long-necked alabaster jar worth 300 denarii to a dinner party right unless you plan to do something with it this is too valuable so you don't just carry this around so this was an act of worship that was planned in our culture we value spontaneous acts of worship but i think there's something to be said for planned worship like we have the privilege of experiencing each week you know you You may come to a service and you think it's uh, all spontaneous and unplanned, but the reality is there has been a lot of planning and praying and just a a lot of effort and input that's been given into putting a service together at New Vision. And so we we plan because we want to prepare uh, our hearts well and we want to be prepared well to lead you guys uh, in worship. Think about a birthday party. It's one thing to have this spontaneous birthday party for someone to express their love, but it's another thing to have forethought and put intentionality and plan all the details out that communicates a lot of love and so this was planned worship but then i think about the fact that this was also humble worship you know you can't truly worship without humility you can't truly worship with a heart of arrogance and when you're truly in the presence of god you don't think of yourself more highly than others all you can think about is is god and you see him for who he is and that means you see yourself in a lowly in a humble way arrogance and pride and condescending attitudes, they ought to melt away when we're in the presence of God. So this was just a humble act of a servant of the Lord, and she centered her attention on his feet, acknowledging that she was not worthy even to be in his presence. So it was planned. It was humble. It was also sacrificial. We already really talked about this, but it was expensive. Uh, This was either an expensive purchase. This was a family heirloom. Either way, this was a valuable thing, and she was sacrificial. This cost her something. And I think that's true of our worship as well. The best worship is sacrificial worship. But then here's another one. It was an example to everyone in the room because the the entire home was filled with the fragrance of this perfume. And authentic worship really does that. It enables us. It helps us to minister to other people and serve other people. Others were ministered to. Others were challenged by Mary's act of devotion And I think that's true of us as well. When we give our authentic worship, when we respond that way to Jesus, it it really is an example to other people. And then there's one final thing, and we're going to shift over and talk for a minute about Judas. This is the one that really takes us by surprise. You know, sometimes when we give worship, it's criticized. 
Not everyone's going to understand when we're willing to forsake everything to follow the Savior. And when we live our lives at His feet, there are going to be times where we're criticized, and sometimes it comes from surprising places. It'll often come from those who know better and those who should do better. Uh, And this brings us back to something I said at the beginning. Our hearts govern what we see and how we respond to what we see. Our heart is this filter through which we interpret things. And so in verse 5, Judas responds differently to, to Mary and to Jesus. His heart is not filled with worship. It's filled with something else. And so he questions Mary's worship. He says, why wasn't this perfume sold and, and the money given to the poor? It's logical. I mean, that's a good question. But John gives us a window into Judas's heart. We don't always know people's motives, but here we do without a shadow of a doubt. He says he doesn't really care about the poor. He didn't say this because of that. He said this because he was a thief. And so as a keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into the money bag. And no one else really stands up to defend Mary because they're probably all thinking what Judas is thinking. They're looking at this event through their own heart. This is a lot of money to spend. This is a lot of money to waste on someone's feet, even if it is Jesus. But Jesus stands and he defends her. And and he says this, It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. Uh, Jesus is going to go to the cross. Jesus is going to die for the sins of the world. He's going to be buried. And uh, he's saying, listen, she's anointing me. She's preparing me. This is an, an appropriate act of worship. And it's an appropriate time that she's doing this. Now you have to think, why, why, what was going on with Judas? Like we see just authentic worship coming from Mary, but what, what's happening with Judas? Why did he go on to betray Jesus? And a lot of speculation, but uh, some say that he, you know, thought Jesus would lead a revolution against Rome. That's what a lot of the Jews thought and hoped for. They hoped the Messiah would come and do that. And and then when Judas comes to grips with the fact that Jesus wasn't like that and that's not his mission, that's not why he came, he decided to abandon ship and sell Jesus out. And there, that could be. There could be a lot of truth. There could be some of that going on. But um, I think if we look at Scripture, the Bible seems to point us to the fact that it had really more to do with greed than it did with power. In Matthew's Gospel, he tells us that Judas went to the religious leaders and he said, hey, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? He's he's consumed with, with greed. And so they offered him 30 pieces of silver and he grabbed it up like a, a man whose heart is just filled with, with greed. And I think that's part of the reason Jesus gives us warnings. And like in Luke chapter 12, the very next chapter, um, He's going to say, or just in a few verses rather, not the next chapter, he's going to say, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. And that might even be what Paul had in mind. In fact, I wonder if Paul was thinking of Judas when he wrote 1 Timothy 6.10. He says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Now let me ask a question. Who do you most identify with in today's story? I think we all want to be like Mary. Uh, That's who I want to be like. But so often in my life, if I'm honest, uh, I like the things of the world a little bit too much. And and I find myself regularly just battling greed. But here's what I've also discovered. When we give sacrificially to advance the kingdom and and the kingdom's causes, man, it's like giving a body blow to to greed. And and you find that the more you punch it, the better it feels and the more freedom you have and the more like Mary you become. So let me just pray us out. Father, thank you for the beauty and, and Lord, even the punch in this passage today. We pray 
in Jesus' name, that your spirit would just take your word and use it in our lives for our good and for your glory. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us today. We'll, we hope you'll come back. Join us next time. Listen in as Pastor Nick picks up in verse 12. See you then. Thank you guys for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. As always, we hope that you heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk and reflect Christ in your everyday steps. To find out more information about New Vision, you can go to newvisionlife.com or follow us on Instagram at newvisionlife. Again, we're for you, we love you, and we look forward to seeing you back here on Monday.